Coming up today, DJ Vasilievich and the Sydney Kings, they continue to go at it. We break down who said what. And let's not forget, DJ needs to play tonight for the Adelaide 36ers. A star out for Melbourne United, but they get a big star back in the lineup for this weekend. One of the Perth Wildcats icons plays game number 450. And are Southeast Melbourne the team to watch in the next month? That's all coming up on NBL Next. Nice to be with you on NBL Now. It is Thursday, October the 19th. I'm Jack Heverin, Pete Hawley alongside me. Round four action starting tonight, which we'll get to very shortly. But, Pauls, let's jump straight into the feud that just continues. The Sydney Kings and DJ Vasilievich. Yeah, Jack, it's gone on for an awfully long time, a lot longer than I think both parties would like. And if you're a basketball fan, if you're a fan of either one of these teams, you just want to see some basketball played right now. And uh, I just want to see DJ back on an NBL floor and, and doing his thing and... I don't know the intricacies of contracts. Trust me, when when I was playing, my contract wasn't probably big enough to have intricacy <laughs> when it comes to that. So uh, I just envision you, you think you're coming back from uh, what his situation and uh, I expect, okay, well, he's not going to play with, with Sydney because their roster's full. They're, they're looking pretty good this season. Uh, he's moving to Adelaide. And in my head, I'm like, that should just be an easy thing to, to sign off on. But I know there's a lot more to that and a lot more is played out than that. You can read all about this in News Corp today. DJ spoke uh, at a press conference yesterday in Adelaide Colours, which was interesting to get your head around as well. A couple of the things that really jumped out for me, um, I gave the Kings and the City everything I had for three years, and that's my goal now. I want to get to the semis, and I want to beat these guys. And I had people messaging me from all over the world saying that, that it was harsh. Yeah, look, and to be honest, I think everybody as a basketball fan wants to see now a semi-final matchup, a couple game series versus Sydney and Adelaide with DJ there. And uh, both sides, I know DJ Vasilievich is, is incredibly competitive and he relishes that environment. I think the Sydney Kings would love that as well. And they'd love to put that out there and get the Kudos Bank Arena packed as well and just have an Adelaide versus Sydney semi-final series. But to be honest, I- I'm looking at when he came back from uh, not playing in the G League after everything with the Wizards. Firstly, the G League's not for everybody. And you look at the way DJ Vasilievich plays, and if anyone's followed the G League or those elite shooters uh, in America, Brady Heslop's one that comes to mind, was unbelievable <laughs> shooter for Baylor, floated around the G League, had 45 points in a G League game, hit 13 threes, never got the crack at the next level, ended up retiring at 29. I think he's a general manager in Canada now. Jim Fidette, another one. He only played one season of the G League, shot 40-something percent from three. G League doesn't suit DJ Vasilievich's game. So I think he's made the right decision in, in not going there. And he just said he wants to play and wants to compete for a boomer spot. So uh, I love that he backs himself in that regard. And if he came back to the NBL and said to Sydney, look, I, I'm I'm not going to stay over there. I, I got way whatever happened with the Wizards. Um, I've been training with Melbourne United in the offseason. Melbourne want to sign me. I don't think we'd be in this situation. I think we'd be looking at a completely different answer if he was trying to go to a Melbourne or a Perth or one of those teams that... I uh, hadn't started the season on for like Adelaide. And uh, if you're competitive, like I know we've seen Bogut's tweets, if you're competitive like Sydney are as an organization, I think you're thinking, look, go to Adelaide. And if we see in a semifinal series, I mean, I think they're still going to shake his hand and say, well done for turning it all around. And he wants that challenge. So here we are. So do you, is it time now? DJ will play tonight. We'll get to that game shortly. But do, is it time for DJ to just play now? I, I think it is. And I think it's... Uh, it's going to be hard to do. I mean, he, the way he spoke, I mean, there's a lot of emotion behind that for sure and, and what he's gone through. Um, no doubt with everything because you go over to overseas and you come back so quickly and abruptly after everything that ended at the Wizards. So in his mind, he just wants to get on the floor and play some high-level basketball. So 
Uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to that opportunity. Adelaide fans got around him. Uh, I know a lot of Adelaide fans were thinking, uh, hoping it was a multi-year deal, and I'm not sure what I'll play out there. I have spoken to him. He does love Adelaide already, and he does love the way that he's been embraced, and he says that he could see himself potentially staying there for a foreseeable future. So that could be a positive for Adelaide, but it's time to put the ball in the hoop and let his game do the talking. So one star comes back to the NBL. One star will miss this weekend. Matthew Delavadova looks set to miss, miss with concussion protocols, which that's the changing nature of sport and, and how we deal with concussion and all those sorts of things. The big news, though, is the return of Jolawala Chul. Uh, this is enormous, Pete. My question to you, though, is this is a star-studded Melbourne team, but there is only one basketball out there. So how does this all work? I'm, I'm expecting growing pains early for Melbourne United. Dean Vickerman is really good at, at figuring this out. You go back a few seasons ago where Chris Golding was coming off the bench because of how stacked they were. It was such an unbelievable thing to think that Chris Golding could ever come off the bench, but in terms of sacrifice, I think they'll figure it out eventually. And once they do, they're going to be incredibly tough to beat. We've already seen that. They're unbelievable on the defensive end, but it is going to take a little bit, I think, to integrate such a massive presence, such a massive force in the league back into this team that's already loaded. And that's why I expect that uh, once he gets healthy, starts, plays those starters minutes, that there will be a few growing pains, which you expect. So for Melbourne United fans, don't be shocked if there's a loss or two coming up in the next couple of weeks just while they work it out. Is that what you're saying? For sure. Uh, I mean, they play Illawarra this week, so Illawarra is going to be coming in firing. They need to show something on the defensive end. And unfortunately for them, they're coming up against the best defensive team in the league right now. And uh, yeah, I'm expecting that those growing pains uh, may not necessarily be losses. It just might be some ugly basketball, but it's all about just slowly building towards the end goal and playing your best basketball come the finals. We mentioned News Corp and the DJ Vasilievich article. At the bottom of the, the load down with Matt Lowe, really interesting piece with Matt Knight, former Perth Wildcats player and was in the league for quite a long time. Had some strong views on concussion, 12-day protocols, and it relates to Matthew Dallavadova right now, but Matt spoke about his own struggles with concussion post-career. Um, as a former athlete and you read these things, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's pretty tough to read and pretty tough to hear. Someone I've dealt with multiple concussions um, for basketball. It's in my family as well. With My cousin plays uh, AFL and it's probably a couple of hits to the head away from having to retire, which is horrible to even think about. And I think we're getting closer and closer to the point of the the 12-day mandatory sit-down. I think Melbourne and I, you talk about Delhi, they're pretty much already there with what happened with Shea Lee last year and Dave Barlow. Dave Barlow had to battle concussions and lingering effects. And uh, I think as a sport, we have been incredibly slow at, at understanding hits to the head and, and how bad and they can be, not just in the moment, but players in the future, as we hear from, from Matty Knight and uh, I think we're playing catch-up right now with other sports around the world, and I think we need to just take that next step because I, I can't remember what game it was. It would be four years ago I was commentating a game, and uh, I remember the player, I'm not gonna I'm not going to throw out the name, but got knocked out in a game and was clear as day knocked out and, you know, with the telltale signs and the hands going in the air and got subbed out, and then another player in the clutch got fouled out, and they subbed him back in the game. And I'm sitting there thinking, you can't possibly be doing that. It's too detrimental to their health, and... Uh, I think that that kind of 12-day thing is going to come in sooner rather than later, and we really need to protect the head as we're not footy, we're not NRL, we don't cop hits the head regularly, but it does seem to happen a bit more often than not in basketball, and we need to protect our players. Yeah, the head still matters, I suppose, doesn't it? Regardless of the sport, the, the head's still important. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at a guy like Deli and Shaley, not everyone's built like that where they're throwing their body on the floor, throwing their body in front of other bodies, but just as easy as copping an elbow uh, in a rebounding contest or going up, 
for a dunk or something like that, it does still happen. And I think we need to be better at protecting the head. Uh, a milestone coming up this weekend, which is fantastic. Jesse Wagstaff, there's been a couple of false starts because of a couple of DMPs in the first few weeks, but he will now, unless John really doesn't play him, he will now play game number 450 for the Perth Wildcats when they play on Saturday night against the Adelaide 36ers. This is a great milestone for a man who is very much part of the fabric of this modern Perth generation. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, think about success uh, in the NBL as a whole and Wagstaff's right up there and just been a stalwart in that regard and uh, just an unbelievably high character and the reason they brought him back is because you want his presence in the locker room. Still moving pretty well for his age, which I commend him for. He's moving a lot better now than even I was uh, running around and if you could have a peek when I did. But it's just, he's an incredible human being and I'm glad that he can uh, achieve such a, a great milestone. It would have been nice to see him do it in front of the Red Army just to have a couple of opportunities. And I'd wonder whether... If you, in hindsight you go back and would you would you want just a couple of minutes at the end uh, to go out there and be acknowledged or do you just want to get back on the floor like you probably will this weekend? So unbelievable. The career's not over yet and I'm sure he wants to go out with a bang this season. And it's interesting, Pete, just on that with Perth the way they are at the moment. They're, they're kind of a little fragile. They're kind of in between their best and their worst and we're seeing a bit of everything. I think Jesse's really important for them right now. Even if he's only playing three or four minutes or even if he's not actually playing, he gets another DMP. They need a guy like Jesse Wagstaff around this group right now to take them through the hard times and the good times, but also to help them understand what it takes to be a Wildcats player. Oh, no doubt. Uh, that's, I think, 90% of the reason they decided to to bring him back is to have that piece around uh, the locker room, around the new players. Um, and with John really still early in his tenure at the Wildcats, so... All he does on the floor is nothing compared to all of the, what he does in the locker room and, and with the new group of guys and the culture building aspects. So uh, once they lost the Damian Munns and all of that, it was important to keep that uh, piece around because it wasn't that long ago where you're thinking that the Wildcats were forever that team to beat. You just knew when there was a grand final series, championship series, that Perth would be there and they're always so tough uh, in an NBL season. So I'm sure he's before he moves off, he wants to see them get back to that level and try to sustain that. Let's finish off with tonight, the Adelaide 36ers with DJ Vasiljevic. We've spoken about a lot, taking on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Bulls, I was interested to hear Derek Rucker on this show yesterday say that he thinks right now the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix with Alan Williams coming back, Gorjok Gak coming back into this team and Gary Brown finding his feet. He thinks that they're the team to watch now in the next two or three weeks. Your thoughts? Well, they're not my team to watch personally, but they are, it is going to be an intriguing watch because we, we spoke a bit about uh, teams trying to find uh, the growing pains of Melbourne United. The thing that hurt Phoenix last year was role clarity with constant interruptions with injuries. Now, you bring back Alan Williams, you bring back Gak, Gary Brown. They just need to be healthy for a sustained period of time because that way everything can figure out. When you've got big pieces coming in and out, the role players have to step up and do more. We've seen Ben Air have to start games and try and put points on the board to help. Now it's kind of figuring out, okay, everybody's here. Who's our top-tier players? Who's our go-to guys in these moments? And everyone else trickles down. If they keep dealing with guys going in and out, everyone's role changes and they never get continuity. But my team to watch is still the Breakers. They're coming back from overseas. They want to play two games and they've got a really exciting group. They just added an NBA-level player. So I'm all in on watching the Breakers who have two trips to Melbourne. But it's going to be very intriguing the next couple of weeks in the NBL. You're going to hear Halls tonight from 7.30pm. Joey Montagna, Ryan Brockoff and the great John Casey is your team for Thursday Night Hoops. Adelaide and South East Melbourne. Halls, have a great day and thanks for being with us on NBL Now. Thanks, mate. Thanks for being with us. Joel Peterson, Liam Santamaria, back tomorrow.